Hello, and welcome to The Violet Vulture. My name is Emmy, and I'm your host. I'm a multi-passionate, multidisciplinary storyteller. I'm a Detsula, witch, and an all-around too-much person. If I could distill down into a core three of everything I'm about here on the internet and IRL, it's storytelling for self-exploration and liberation, alternative wellness for the misfits and morbidly inclined among us, and honoring our shadows. We also dig into talking about mortality, spirituality, archetypes, artists, horror, and what it can teach us about the human experience and our collective fears. We'll be getting into a lot more of that here in October and unpacking how we could better integrate our shadows and a favorite topic of mine, changing your damn mind, doing something totally different. If you'd like to keep up with me outside of the podcast, you could find me on Instagram, my website for any upcoming events, make it added to my newsletter. I've also recently enabled voice messages, so you can send me little notes at the end of a podcast to let me know what you think. It'll be through my podcast distributor, Anchor. So lots of different ways to keep in touch. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. Final note here before we get cracking, if you're listening to the episode when it comes out, please note that I'll be taking off next week to focus on my October projects. It's really a big time of year for me, and I want to make sure I show up fully present and ready to hit the ground running. If you'd like to peep the calendar for these happenings in October, I can't say it enough. Go on Instagram, or you can get to my newsletter for those spooky season updates. We have such sites to show you. Anyway, without further ado... Let's get to today's episode. If you're tuning in this episode when or around the time that it drops, may you have a blessed autumnal equinox. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, may you have a lovely start of spring. I have a number of friends based in Australia and New Zealand, so hearing how they're entering springtime is always interesting to hear as we're really ramping up for just the beginning of the fall season. Even though, you know, the official start of autumn for me is when Spirit Halloween and the blessed PSL make their glorious returns, but whatever, we all have our own personal criteria for these kinds of things. But yeah, I guess technically the start of autumn is latish September. My intention with this gritty growth series was to spend some time exploring areas tied to growth or self-work that we may get wrong or misconstrue or we could be better about overall. I think these changing sort of liminal times allow for that kind of introspection and the days getting shorter, nights getting longer, feels extra rife for reflecting, especially after several of us experienced maybe a faster paced summer than we anticipated, lots of changes, A lot of us are kind of going back to school. Maybe we're already back to school or kids are back to school full time. We also have six planets uh, doing the retrograde right now, including Mercury. So I'd say that there's a good deal contributing to this current slowdown that feels kind of welcome in a way. I wanted to wrap up the series here on the equinox to explore something I've referenced a few times on the podcast, but I want to dig into more and explore further. I figured I might provide more context from these previous conversations, and I thought it could help facilitate your own continued self-exploration as we enter the autumn season. 
On the episode with my pal Esperanza Salgado, multi-business extraordinaire, I briefly referenced having a witch wound around money and receiving money for what I feel most called to do. Seeing it on its own, you can kind of infer what I'm getting to, but in the spirit of the series, let's get into the nitty gritty. What's a witch wound? Well, you could suss it out pretty well by responding with even more questions. You know, does speaking your truth feel deeply unsafe? Does being authentically seen by others feel threatening? Do you doubt and diminish your emotions and intuition? Do you often feel like you're both too much and not enough? It often manifests as a fear of being seen, speaking up, and stepping into your full magic and power. While we often refer to it as the witch wound, so it seems more framed around kind of new agey spirituality, I found that it speaks to my multiracial experience quite well. At its core, it's an inherited collective trauma that is rooted in the dark history of the burning times, as they're called, or the persecution of folks of color who followed ancestral, close practice, earth-based traditions. Many of these victims were healers, midwives, wise women, wise men, two-spirited people, diviners who served their communities, and many were just simply people who were too outspoken, too old, too rich, too poor, too beautiful, too ugly, you know, going back to that feeling too much or too little. All in all, all of them were victims of patriarchy, capitalism, imperialism, that religious tyranny that a lot of us still grapple with in some way. Our ancestors who survived these times carried the memory of these events, not just in their minds, but in their bodies. You know, the perhaps the most named book around trauma is The Body Keeps Score, and it's absolutely true. And this is perhaps the cosmic extension of that intergenerational trauma that gets passed down through the ages and now lives on in our blood and bones. Their fear, their shame, their grief, their survival instincts becomes our own. It's been allowed to pass on to us because our ancestors were forever in a survival state. We were all simply too powerful together, so we were isolated, picked off, and those of us that remained were left with just needing to do what we needed to do in order to keep things going. And we're left with now this like lingering energetic register. It is now either ours to perpetuate as we navigate our own cycles, or we can commit to the shadow work and deep collective personal interpersonal healing that can travel back into the bloodline and be passed on to your future kin. When I previously spoke to having a witch wound around money, it comes down to an imposter syndrome or a sense that I might be asking too much for what I do, or that on some level I haven't paid my dues long enough to deserve to get paid for my work, or to be seen as expert in the industries that I belong to. A few folks who have spoken on The Witch Wound have addressed that, like in the context of Salem, the Boston area, this imposter syndrome around money is a matter of us being historically more of a bartering people for services. We didn't have to market back in the day. There was no needing to make Canva or be on Figma to promote your shamanic abilities. We also used to be commonplace people in our communities with as much importance as anybody else. So when you combine the isolation, the systemic erasure, literal killing of magical people, 
you know, how differently we interacted with our work as it related to energetic exchanges and money, it's all so much. So it's no wonder any of us would second guess how we price our work or how we should show up in our sacred work or talk about it. And being a mixed race person, the spiritual systems of the African and indigenous folks in my family tree were persecuted, made to feel inferior for so many generations, not just from the context of their spiritual systems, but with them being different, with them being other. There's a whole language I wish I could learn to tap into my Taino roots that we'll just never know because of that erasure. The sense of constantly clawing for more information and feeling like something is missing or never enough is rooted in the pain of my ancestors. Pain that is now mine to deal with for my own sake, but also theirs. They may be laid to rest, but they're hardly resting easy knowing that this remains unaddressed in their own energy and that it's hovering over all of us. Confronting the witch wound in yourself as a person of color, marginalized person, can really be a great opportunity to do some decolonizing on an etheric level. All too often, we treat our own magic like a fluke when it's a honed craft that's ours to tap into at any time. Something I've been trying to clarify is what feels like a fair energetic exchange for the work that I do. I think of all of the archetypes that I feel I embody the most, it is this kind of storyteller. It's this person that comes forward to kind of do, I don't want to say group coaching, but it feels that I feel a sense of being called to share stories for the sake of its universal truth. It's something that could give someone something in either a small way or a larger way. It took me some time to begin reframing that asking for support for what I create is not that I'm begging. I'm offering a way to be seen. I am trying to foster connection around my work that I spend so much time and energy cultivating. You know, for right now, it's just me behind the mic and I would love to kind of be in greater dialogue with people. And it's not a fluke. It's magic that I choose to tap into and share in this way because it feels like the most effective means for helping others. Asking for support or leaning on community is not being selfish. No one is beholden to do anything they don't consent to do. And, you know, talk about which wound. Deep down, what I want folks to feel when they interact with me is the sense of coming into like a tent, like in The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, that you come and experience in passing if something stirs your interest. You could stick around for a quick moment to get a vibe. You could stick around for the full set, or you could work one-on-one with me because why not? I feel that I felt shame for some time around that and really started to do some processing that helped it hit different. That the fact that when I conceive of what kind of experience I want to create or what I want to offer people is something that is salient, that conjures rich imagery with so few words, because I'm making something that leaves impact, big or small. Something that could mean something to somebody because it has core truth, universal truths, things we can relate to or feel even briefly by referencing like a portion of it. Like when I said circus tent, you could feel the velvet curtain, you could smell the popcorn, hear it popping, you could hear 
kids like laughing and whispering, it generates so much. And why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Why should I feel shame around wanting to be a guide or a resource or purely entertainment? Because storytelling can be both simple and easy and complex and timeless. It might not be a traditional path, but it's an honest one, an authentic one, and it's mine. My ancestors might have had to hide in the shadows, but I don't. Things are different now. And taking sincere steps to peel back what feels like a supposed to and what feels aligned is a rocky road, can be a rocky road, but it's a liberating one where you find some ease along the way. So yeah, I've obviously got plenty of work to do around my own witch wound, but I do want to take it a step further and offer how this could be showing up for you. You could have big dreams of sharing your gifts and your sense of knowing, making your your purpose your reality, but you may shy away from actually doing it for fear of what other people may think. You fear authority, maybe getting in trouble, a history of persecution in one's bloodline on that cosmic level, and the experience of being non-white in America can be deeply dysregulating and further feed the witch wound. Bodily pains are often a sign that something is wrong because you might be overtraining or sitting too long, but a lot of pain can be intergenerational in nature, psychic in nature. Like when I was in a job where I felt silenced a lot or felt that I had to compromise my values to keep the peace, I noticed a lot of like neck and throat tension. This can surface for a lot of us when we're wanting to express ourselves authentically, but we feel the need to repress, to suppress. A lot of us people please to avoid making a scene. These passive behaviors can be rooted in upbringing, sure, but for many healers, for many diviners, it has roots in the past eras of persecution, the the sense of I need to hide my practice in order to survive, I need to modify or go from doing this as part of a larger group, a larger community, to now being a solitary practice. It leaves us with these tendencies to make ourselves small or put ourselves last in the interest of maintaining the peace. And again, there's that good old imposter syndrome, that fear that you're a fraud, especially with everything else that we've touched on. It's like, no wonder you would feel like a fraud. You're living, you're hiding in the shadows. You're not presenting your full self to the world. It's clearly one that I still struggle with, but I go out of my way to challenge every time I come up to record. Sometimes the witch wound can show up as, I know that I had sacral energy imbalances, like I had root energy imbalances, and I felt that like pelvic GI kind of discomfort. And it really wasn't until addressing that grounding, doing that healing, focusing on a better self-care in general. I noticed that shift and it absolutely can be a throat chakra block to suppress what you're saying or feel like you have to filter in every single way. While this is deeply rooted in spirituality, more specifically, I have touched on how the body keeps score is a great primer for trauma like 101. So you absolutely can do a lot of this work in therapy especially if you have a very open-minded, inclusive therapist. It can be explored with other practitioners of other faith systems that are doing these kinds of journeys. Like for 
a while and I plan on picking it back up. You know, every person who storytells or sees themselves as a mentor to other people has a mentor themselves. So with all of the shakeup that I've experienced, it's been hard to go back. But with things beginning to calm down, I absolutely should be going back to continue working on these deeper things in community with somebody who can guide me appropriately. Akashic Records readings centered on past life healing and ancestral work can be really, really great for getting through these kinds of things because it's all of your own like cosmic register. It's all yours to begin to navigate. The information is all there and ready for you to review at any time. It's your right, not a privilege. And I know that journaling feels so trite to say sometimes because I'm like, everybody says that in wellness, but it's true. Whether you're doing it by writing, if you find that automatic writing beneficial, that can be really beautiful. Alternatively, being a self-projected projector, I do so much processing by talking out loud. And using my voice more is something that has been a challenge, but has helped me really learn about myself more quickly than I ever have before. So maybe it's a matter of setting up a voice memo and doing a quick check-in with yourself and seeing what flows. You may surprise yourself. I'd go as far as to say that I do agree that the witch wound has been allowed to fester and get passed on from generation to generation because of our disconnection from each other, because we had an inability to spend time and resources to create a shared language like this in the interest of repairing what's broken or missing or just dysfunctional now. So much of collective healing is looking to others and committing time to figuring out just how universal our pain is, even if it comes from different sources and different forms of oppression in our respective histories. So sure, it might be gritty growth, but I never said you were in it alone. So this autumnal equinox, this autumn season or spring where you might be, I challenge you to start confronting the witch wound with your community. You know, join that magic, that moon magic circle you've been contemplating joining, but you keep saying no, do it anyway. Go to your local witchy shop, you know, begin to talk up a storm with people, just share and you'll be surprised what you're met with. Book that meeting on acuity with that reader you've been drawn to, but maybe a little bit afraid of. Maybe consider that that fear is that you may hear exactly what you need to hear, but maybe not what you wanted to hear. I promise you, we don't bite and we do want to grow together. We all want each other to be better. A healed witch wound in one of us is an opportunity for a healed witch wound in another. Our struggle is more interconnected than we realize, but so is our healing. all for today's episode, everyone. If you're listening in an Apple podcast and you like what you heard today, please leave a written five-star review. If you're tuning in on a platform like Spotify, still giving us a five-star review there is really helpful. It helps people find the podcast. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe. And if you like what you heard today, please share this episode with even one person you think would benefit from today's topics on The Violet Vulture. You can keep up with me on Instagram at LastAwayEmmy, on my website, you can get to my newsletter. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. That's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning in to The Violet Vulture. Bye for now.